Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's <laughs> the reason for the season. I, uh, I called the talk today. There's just something about Easter. Because I wanted that song done, and I knew I was afraid to put there's just something about Jesus. I was afraid people wouldn't come. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, you know, we, uh, our bylaws even say, uh, that we follow, we apply the teachings of Jesus Christ. We ask our board members to apply the teachings of Jesus Christ, even as taught by unity. <laughs> Not as taught by some other places, but as taught by unity. And yet, those words scare some people. They're off-putting, and it's only because they haven't decided to embrace those words yet and how well those words can work for them. You know, if I got up here, Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer, there's just something about that name. You know, oh, Abraham and Esther Hicks, Abraham and Esther Hicks. Oh my goodness, oh, let's go, we gotta go to church this Sunday. And, and it's, a great teacher is a great teacher. The problem is, I'm, I'm willing to bet nobody's parents or grandparents have ever abused them with the words Wayne Dyer. <laughs> or, you know, however, I, I have a friend who has abused their children with the words David and Sean say. <laughs> I have a friend whose daughter does not like me in particular because I have been used as, as an example for, well, Sean says this, so you need to stop doing that. It's like, oh, you're missing the point. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, it's okay. It's okay. I remember once the daughter heard me really let loose at a dinner table. I was having a rough day. I was having a very, very human day. And I let loose with two words. God's first and last name. <laughs> and the look on her face. And after I explained, I said, you know, I know I'm a minister. And I know I don't sound like ministers are supposed to sound. But I'm a unity minister. And some days I'm having a day. It doesn't mean I love God less. It doesn't mean I'm less of a God being. It just means I'm harder to be around at certain times <laughs> on some days. And uh, when I, how many years ago, my only trip to England, uh, <laughs> this one, I didn't plan to say this, but then in 1997, I went on a unity trip. And I remember we were at the Cliffs of Dover. And I was with the, it was a, and I, the ministers coming out over those rocks, those big rocks, and he tripped once. Okay, fine. But then he tripped a second time, and he said a word, and I thought, oh, I can be a minister. <laughs> That's what I learned. Oh, you're allowed to swear and still become a minister. And I thought, okay, great, I'm on board. Sign me up. What do I got to do? Because I don't have to quit swearing. I have a friend who runs a church somewhere, and I, before I went to get a speak there, I was already, I was given notice. By the way, there is no profanity on our church property. And I thought, well, I can get through a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that name. Something about, see, we are a new thought spiritual community with a new thought message. And all spirituality is an interpretation, in case you didn't know. 
all spirituality, no matter what church you go to, no matter what prayer you go to, no matter what you are thinking or book you are reading, it's all an interpretation. So let's be clear on that. We interpret the Bible metaphysically. Uh, we interpret the teachings in, attributed to Jesus. We interpret Emmett Fox. We interpret Wayne Dyer and Course in Miracles. We interpret uh, the Fillmores. And what's more, we interpret each other. Mm -hmm. Every one of us, we, you know, as soon as somebody says something, we're interpreting what you are saying. And, and uh, today I will be interpreting Jesus, among other topics. Why not? It's Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and, and so to pay attention to that stuff, and of course the miracles does have it pretty right when it says, I see only the past. That's where my interpreter comes from, is I'm interpreting from past thoughts, past teachings. I'm interpreting from my mother, what have you, my grandparents, all those people, Adam and Eve, silly people. You know, and, uh, and so... what. To inter I, I interpret what I see on Facebook. Well, what do they really mean like that? I interpret what my customers think of me, you know, and, and it's, it's never what they think of me. It's what I think they think of me. And, and that, that's the hard part. I'm not thinking about what you think about me. I'm thinking about what I think you, they are, you are thinking about me. I, I remember once at Unity in New York, we used to, we used to have hundreds of people every Sunday, jam-packed. When we met on 29th Street at the Sabood Center, and I did platform almost every week from the beginning. And I remember once, I, I was on the board, the initial board, I was board president, and there was one other board member, not so happy with me. Doesn't matter why, because it's an interpretation. I was beloved in that church, except for that one person that I focused on every time I was on the pulpit that Sunday. That one, why, why is she looking at me that way? Why is she? You know, and and that, that's my insanity, because I'm interpreting a look. I'm making an interpretation. I remember in Provincetown, many years ago, there was a pianist there. He was playing for Jennifer Lewis, if you know who she is. And... One night, we both had the night off, ran into each other in the street and decided to hang out. And I said to him, I always thought you didn't like me. And he said, why? I said, the way you look at me. And he said, is it like this? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes. And he said, well, the light hurts my eyes. <laughs> Old self-centered me. <laughs> the bondage of self, as some call it, that I think everything is about me. That's why a lot of us don't want to open the Bible, because they think everything is about you, and you're right, it is. <laughs> and it's asking you to wake up and shift your thinking. It's asking all of us to wake up and shift our thinking from, it's all about me and I'm bad, to this book is all about me and every single person in it represents me, and I'm good. And I need greater understanding. I need the depth of wisdom that this book is offering me. I need it. And I have to go other places. Otherwise, I'm going to make stuff up. And I don't want to make stuff up. You know, that's what I, I, have, I have pretty good self-awareness in that I can ask people, please don't say that to me because I will misinterpret it. And I guarantee you, later on, it's going to come to haunt us. 
I'm going to expect things of you that you're not, you may not be prepared to give, and it's not going to be attractive. Our personalities are going to clash. So, the word Jesus, back to Jesus. The word Jesus has been given the power, as I say, to lift mountains or break them down on top of our heads. If used correctly, the word Jesus can be used to lift our thoughts to their highest and we can realize the divinity uh, within each of us and each, each other. Uh, you know, and all beings, quite frankly, if, if used correctly. See, most people, they, they think they're using Jesus the man, but they're really using the word Jesus and an interpretation. Given them mixed with the, some other stuff that they have made up along the way. I was in that long ago trip to, or on that long ago trip to England, when I embraced Jesus. I was at Stonehenge. And the minister, he said, you know, it's rumored that Jesus came here during those like 15 years where we don't have anything written about him. And I suddenly felt a kinship. I thought, so it's possible I'm somewhere where Jesus actually was in the world. And I suddenly became more interested in Jesus' teachings and whatever, because I grew up with Jesus as a, as a go-between. Which made, it's not logical, is it that I have to go through Jesus to get to God? How ridiculous. You know, that's just control and manipulation within religion. If I can't go to the source myself, then I'm not applying the actual teachings of Jesus. Jesus taught, go to the source, it's all within you. Don't call me good. It's the God within me that is good. So therefore, it must be the God that's in you that is good. You know, go within. Uh, follow. You want to follow me? Here, here. Do you want to know the real issue? Of course you do. <laughs> the real issue with why we don't really want to follow Jesus is because he taught us how to get into the kingdom of heaven. And it's not when we die. It's right here, it's right now. And here's the teaching. See if you cringe when you hear it. We have to forgive everybody. Including ourselves. We have to forgive everyone. We have to let everybody off the hook. And we don't have any idea of how to do that. We're so busy with being guilty over what we ourselves have done, let alone what they have done. I remember once talking to somebody who had been, a, he had been really, it was within a group and I, I was talking to the group and I said, we, we've got to find a way to forgive. It's our only pathway out of this rage. It's our only pathway out of this confusion. And when I finished, it was going around the room with open sharing and one guy who had been particularly abused he said, I'm not forgiving anybody. I was beaten all the time as a kid. And then he compared it to Hitler, who had been beaten as a child. And I didn't dare say if Hitler had practiced forgiveness, perhaps we'd have avoided a lot of mess. I think I would have been attacked from across the room. I would have seen this guy flopping. <laughs> because you, you can't do that to somebody. You can't say, well, now, now you should be healed. See, the problem for so many of us, we think we should already be healed. 
And so we don't get on the path of healing right here, right now. My job as a minister, as a preacher, as a teacher, spiritual teacher, is to enable us to get on the path from wherever we are. You know, if those of you who are therapists, it's your job to get people on the path of healing from wherever they are now. Not where we wish they were, but a therapist one day said to me, you know, I don't like depressed people. I don't want the, I, I, I want happy patients. <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> Jesus used scripture to guide his interpretation of life, or the Torah, I guess it would have been the Jewish scriptures. Uh, and here's one from Deuteronomy that, Deuteronomy that I liked a lot. It says, today I've given you the choice between life and death between blessings and curse. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Now, that can be confusing, but um, see if, well, I'm not going to children, but you know, that I would choose life today so that my influence on around me would be for choosing life. Because if I choose misery, then that's my influence on impressionable minds. Now, I had to work at overcoming my family's influence on me. My family did not choose life and life more abundantly. They, cho they chose fear. It would seem they couldn't help themselves, but I don't know that they knew they had a choice. And so I'm not mad at them for that. And it's not, oh, poor me. I have the burden, now burden, opportunity, depends how you look at it, uh, to keep looking at it and say, oh, this isn't what I want to choose today. I want to choose this. And how do I choose this? I don't know how to choose this. <clears throat> like, but I do know how. How do I know? I know how because God is wisdom. God is intelligence. God is me. So within God is knowledge itself. So within me is the knowledge. Within me is the ability. Within me is the peace and joy. And it was Jesus who passed that along. Yeah. You know, and so to to oh, so I know how to do this that I, before I did not know how to do. So now it comes down to, do I want to? Now I'll tell you, I may not know intellectually how to do this. I may not be able to explain it, but I can know that I know. And so, do I want to? Do I want to set them and myself free from this grudge, from this burden? from this opinion, from this feeling. Do I want, and a lot of times we would say, no, I will go to hell along with the person I hate before I will let them off the hook. No, unity, we say we don't believe in hell. Trust me, hell exists, and every single one of us I think have been to it several times. You know, it's not a place I need to worry about going to later. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a place, it's a state of mind. And so to look, oh man, man, what am I going to do? I want to 
be set free. They promised me in unity that I could be set free. And the reason, the reason I, I trust that promise is because it's up to me. It's not up to anybody in unity to keep that promise. It's up to me. They promised me I could be set free if I shifted these thoughts. If I changed these, if I chose life and chose life more abundantly. They said to me, you see this woman over here? She had a great big healing. And she had this healing, this physical, emotional, mental, spiritual healing by praising her body. And if she could have that healing, you could have that healing, Sean. I thought, wow, I think I can. Now, I've had a few healings. And now I've had a few other incidents happen over the years that I haven't been willing to put that work into. I've been busy. <laughs> I got busy, I forgot. And so I limped. And I have a knee that hurts right now. It feels like it's just going to go right out from under me. <laughs> and yet, I got a week ago, a chiropractor whacked out my back somehow. I felt like it was all, un it must have been black and blue underneath the skin. You couldn't see any problem, but when I breathed, it hurt. When I looked the wrong direction, it hurt. And then took my breath away. And I went back to him for a different kind of therapy to do on it. And it, every day I, I can feel it healing. Every day it hurts less. It's less awkward. You know, I can button my shirt without screaming. I can pick up a glass, a heavy glass of water and get it all the way up here and drink it. And there was a couple of days I was like, no, that hurts too much. And, but I'm having a healing on that. But for some reason with the knee, not having the healing yet. I, I assume I will. I've had so many healings though, because they promised me it was possible. So I didn't just assume it's not. <clears throat> I didn't assume, oh, well, I have to accept this. I don't have to accept any, any adverse conditions in my mind. It's not required. It's not a rule. In fact, I was told by people who seemed to know, and then I, I bore witness. Oh, I was told it is essential to heal. It is necessary to have a healing. And here's why. So I can prove to everybody else that healing is possible. I am required to do this so that I can bear witness to the, what we, the intelligence that we call God. And I've been a little slothful on my job keeping up with my requirements but they're still with still within me to do and it's not my job to argue with anyone who says oh sean that's not possible <laughs> okay fine that's what I, it, you know it is possible but it's work unity seems so easy when we come into it new thoughts seem so easy oh they love me there I don't have to. I can just come as I am. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, the unhappiness that brought you to unity. Few, few people come to unity because they had more time and money on their hands than they knew what to do with. And they just uh, wanted to do a little service. The same with 12-step healing. Few people have more time 
and money on their hands, and they just want to do some service. These new thought movements started because it was life and death for these people, and they wanted to prove life, and they wanted to prove life true. Because our old friend Jesus, he proved life and he proved it true. I, as In regards to his death, I don't understand enough about it. I'll be very clear here. I, you know, the way the Bible is written, it's not clear. I, the book of Mark, where they roll away the stone, that passage was written years and years after the book of Mark was written. They, they needed to give it a happy ending. Now, if Jesus knew what we are told he knew, he could have overcome death at any moment. <coughs> I read one book that I liked a lot, Anna, Grandmother of Jesus. And it was a channeled book. I read it when I first started working here. I was reading it. And she talked about that she was in an ancient mystery school and she could leave her body for hours at a time, for weeks at a time. And if she left for years at a time, the body was submerged in some sort of liquid and the people in the school, they'd watch it and everything. And then she could come back into it when she was ready. And I thought, well, that could be how Jesus survived uh, the cross thing. He could have left his body so that the body could go through what it had to go through in that uh, crucifixion. But he didn't have to die. He could come back into the body. See, these are all theories. Don't go once. Well, Sean says... <laughs> That's a, you know, Sean, Sean and Wayne Dyer, they know things. Uh, this is just my theory. I have to be open to the theory that life is eternal and it's not always in the body. Uh, Eric Butterworth pointed out years ago we all think that life started with this body. Not we all, but most people, they, they talk as, uh, there's eternal life and it all started with this body. What if this body is just a blip, but the I am of me is eternal? <clears throat> and we take on a body when it's time and we take on our relationships when it's time and we go through our grieving periods and our mourning periods and uh, we go through our birth periods. And we go, it is no wonder to me that about postpartum depression. That a woman has carried this child with it within her. And then the birth happens. And it's like, now who am I? I'm no longer with child. Who am I? What am I? Uh, you know, and, and so it's like there's a search a lot of times for a lot of women because they just, the chemical change and the emotional change and the mental change and even the spiritual change it, it can be so radical and when we are all with each other and one of us transitions from this body to no longer being in this body it is a great and hard transition because it's like oh wait a minute i thought i was this person who had this person who was with this person and now this person's not here the way I knew them to be. Who am I? What am I? I've known people who have lost their church. They, you know, they, they were very committed to their church. They grew up, they loved it, they thought they were loved. 
and that they had a transgression of some sort. Something happened where they were judged and no longer welcome in their church. Rather than being forgiven, rather than being spoken to and uh, opened up to something new about this person, they were cast away. And it's like, but so who am I? Who am I? The breakup of a relationship. I thought we were together forever, and now we're not. Who am I? What am I? It doesn't matter how short or how long the relationship is. It's amazing how quickly we can attach our identity to this person I'm with. There's no longer me, there is we. And I am because I'm with this person. I never was before. I spent most of, you know, half of my life so far not in a relationship with this person. I was me, I am, and then I'm not me anymore. I'm we. And then we parts. And now I don't know who I am. It's, uh, it's so hard to be grateful all the time, isn't it? It's very difficult to come into gratitude. And uh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't know what I'm giving thanks for, but thank you, God. Thank you, God. Mm. And that's where Jesus' teachings are so valuable. Yeah, we keep getting back to him. I love this. It says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. <sighs> what if we all began to desire God's will for us, even though we don't know exactly what that is, but we assume it's pleasing and perfect and that there could never be a will of God that wants to take away any of our good that never wants us to be unhappy or to have a learning lesson? What if there was never a will of God that said, well, you need to learn this lesson now. You need to learn what it is to overcome illness. You need to learn what it's like to, to uh, mourn someone you love. You need to... I don't buy into that. I do buy into life on life's terms. A lot of stuff going on in life. I don't believe that we need war. And I also don't believe that the end of war will bring about peace. I do believe that peace will bring about the end of war. But see, you see, that's in our thinking. I do believe that love will bring about forgiveness, the experience of forgiveness. Not that forgiveness is something I do, but it is something that I become willing to experience. Imagine if we spent a lot of our prayer time declaring our willingness to experience forgiveness of our enemies. And we have enemies. They're in our head. We have enemies. Our enemies are the thoughts that tell us somebody's against us, that something is against us. Those are our enemies.
we can uh, soar to such great heights by applying the teachings of Jesus. I would love it if we used this holiday as an opportunity to really study. What, what was it Jesus was teaching us? Eric Butterworth said that Jesus was teaching us about our own divinity. He wasn't teaching us about his divinity. He was teaching us about our divinity. The good that is in me is also in you. The good that is in the one you most greatly admire is also in you. The good that you believe is in God is also in you. The good that is is also in you. I'm not the exception. I'm another example. There have been so many examples. How many examples of good do you need before you realize you, too, are the example of good? And it's not based on your behavior. It's based on your I amness and the acceptance of that. Imagine how high you could fly emotionally, mentally, spiritually, with the realization that nothing around you and no one around you has to change for you to rise up into that consciousness, for your resurrection to wake up, to come into life and life more abundantly, for you to say, oh my goodness, I am this. I am this good that Sean talks about. There, Everybody is this good that Sean talks about. And I can't hold back any longer waiting for everybody else to realize it. I'm going to go ahead and be the example whether anybody follows along. Jesus wasn't waiting for the disciples to get it before he could be his Jesus self or his Christ self. And we... Don't have to wait for anybody else to get it before we wake up and be our Christ self. What is the Christ? Our memory of God, our memory of good, our memory of life, our memory of health and well-being. We don't have to understand it with our intellect, but we will do well to be as the little children who accept it as a natural part of our being. Do not accept the world as your source. Accept the spirit within you as your, as your source and your guiding light of love. Happy Easter, everybody. Thank you.